Plants your specialty? Insects and spiders and identifying new ones. Great. Oh, just what the world needs, more bugs. Welcome to episode 25 of I Think I Like This Movie, America's Least Necessary Film Criticism Podcast. I'm Noah Frank, joined as always by my co-host, Will Vitka. And this week, we're walking with spiders with our guest, fellow journalist, and Will's wife, Reem Nadim. Reem returns with the 1990 horror film Arachnophobia, starring Jeff Daniels and John Goodman. Reem, perhaps you can tell us, why does Amazon think this movie is a comedy? <laughs> it's definitely a comedy. John Goodman, I'll say that. John Goodman, as I have in my notes, definitely plays the John C. McGinley honorary role of guy who is acting in a different movie than the movie <laughs> that is being shot. Um, right. Like he has his own theme music that doesn't fit. Yes, he has like I every, that, yep. everything is, is just makes no sense for his character. It's like, <laughs> it's like, like they brought him in for three days of shooting and he didn't know what, what the actual rest of the script was and just ran with it. Um, I, I think it was like one day he was just showing up like in between Roseanne seasons or something. Yeah, he was like, absolutely. yeah, rock and roll, baby. And then he's shooting yeah. spiders. <laughs> yep, definitely could have been. Reem, this is uh, this is your movie. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your experience and why did you think that you liked this movie? So I remember seeing this movie in, I think we were still living in Oman, but it might've been Egypt with my family. And I was very, very young. Again, this movie is older than me. So I was, I mean- I'm at least I was at least old enough to remember it. I don't know exactly how old. And I think we rented it from a VHS store like Blockbuster, but not Blockbuster because we didn't live in the US. And when I met Will and we were dating, I remember asking him because I was like, oh, you know a lot about movies. Do you remember that this movie that was this American movie that was called something like Spiders? And Will is immediately like, oh, arachnophobia. And I was just like, wow, his brain is like encyclopedic. But that was exactly the movie that he was talking about. And I just remember like me and my brother were told that the movie was called Spiders for some reason. Um, but we watched it and we loved it. Uh, I don't know. I guess a lot of the the comedy was again probably lost on me as a kid, but we just really liked it. And I don't know how I liked it because if we were living in Egypt, we had enormous cockroaches that I'm sure will be brought up later that were absolutely terrifying. And if we were living in Oman, we had enormous lizards that were also absolutely terrifying. And I have never ever in my life been one of those people that's like, oh, take the insect outside, like, don't kill it. No, I'm like, get a hammer and kill it and dismember it and its children too, and then set fire to the whole house. So I don't know why this movie appealed to me, maybe because that's exactly what happens and the spiders lose in the end, but we just love this movie. I, I do need to note that even during our rewatch this evening, Reem was giving tips to the characters on screen about how to kill things. So, so that is clearly part of her bloodline of just like insect genocide. I, I mean, I was yelling at Jeff Daniels, like, stop putting your face like near where the spider is, <laughs> for God's sakes. Also, I, I don't know what platform you guys watch this on. I, I watch it uh, via Amazon and the description, in addition to calling it a comedy and with nothing else, there was, it wasn't like horror, suspense, comedy. It was just a comedy. Uh, in addition to that, it, it also, the description said something about like, a doctor's child childish fear and i was like excuse me <laughs> this is a completely reasonable fear to have <laughs> as justified by the events of the movie itself like 
you can't ha- you can't have gone through watching that movie and call that a childish fear. It, it's very do weird. You have, do you have arachnophobia, Noah? I mean, I don't <laughs> like spiders. Like, I don't like. I'm not literally paralyzed by the thought of them and the sight of them, but like, I don't enjoy them because they're very strange creatures and can be really nasty depending on what part of the world you're in. Um, it, it, there is a very strange cut from Jeff Daniels, I guess, doing some work in the basement and then he's trying to re-explain his terror his trauma to his wife who's like no they're gorgeous it's they make these (laughs) wonderful things and he's like okay i was zero years old when this insane alien thing was crawling all over me as a child (laughs) and she she just literally his first memory yeah and she she just disregards it she's like no they're super pretty it's like what the fuck is wrong with all of you (laughs) yeah hey let's let's just induce your ptsd by by forcing you to climb this ladder and throw here's some immersion therapy i guess this entire movie is a big middle finger to all those people that are like well just take the spider outside i hate those people if you're listening right now and you're those people i hate you and i have a problem with you just kill the fucking spider they're not endangered they're not this is not what's happening just kill them get rid of it it's not you're not hurting the environment i i don't know if you guys experience this at all we don't have a ton of bugs where i grew up for whatever reason there's not a ton we have ants but like the little ones that don't bite you and like we had spiders and stuff but like there's a whole different set of bugs out here on the east coast and there are these bugs (laughs) in dc these millipedes uh and all they do is eat other bugs and i'm and like they're they're completely harmless but they can be several inches long and this the way that they move like the first time we saw one in our house like micah screamed out i mean like shrieked and it was late at night we're like up watching tv or whatever and i mean we've killed a number of these things i try to take them outside when i can now but man they they sneak up on you and they are just like bleh. we we had them yeah we had them in Columbia Heights yeah well, and it was well, just we like, had the that house, was like a nope yeah. the house centipedes in Columbia Heights but no I actually remember because Will used to be one of these people he was like they eat other bugs like just leave them alone and I'm like unless you are chipping in for rent you do not get to just live under my roof that's not a thing. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, not providing for you. You are with, not a pet. With the size that they are, they they really should at least pay for utilities or something. <laughs> in my to, defense, put the dishes away. Chip in somehow. In my defense, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I'm used to like having snakes and giant spiders. That's uh, like I'm just kind of used to that. Well, see, that's a theme in this movie. It's the country. There's lots of bugs, and it's like. I'm sure that there are people who live in rural areas with lots of bugs that do not want bugs in their house. Like that's, you know, there's a difference between you you expect to see some bugs where we live and, you know, just let the bugs hang out in your house. There's there's quite a leap there. Yeah, when I so my dad lives in the the relative country uh in Pennsylvania and I, you know, there's crickets at night and you, you're used to that stuff, but we also one time came back from being out and uh I opened the door in the garage and there was a giant wolf spider and i had never seen anything like that before with black and yellow legs and i mean you know the the whole circumference like with including the legs was eh, maybe the size of a softball and you know you just 
when you're a child like <laughs> and you're a city kid that's that is not you're just not ready for that i mean we, we get to be right there you know yeah and we we have brown recluses here out in virginia we do have spiders here so watching arachnophobia now as someone who's also not a fan of bugs like took some serious courage because we have a lot of spiders out God, here i, I just feel and we, all over sudden <laughs> i know our place like backs up to the woods so um, on our normal route where we walk Moby, there's this enormous uh, spider web like on between a stop sign and a tree and it's just chilling there and it's huge. And you can only see it like standing so the light is hitting it correctly, but it looks like like a drawing of a spider web, but it's like the bigger than a small child. Like a small child could get stuck in that. It's alarming. Like the far side comic. They pull this <laughs> off, we'll eat like kings. <laughs> Do you want to uh, give your best shot here at, at uh, recapping this movie for those who haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while? Uh, give us our, our quick plot summary. So a doctor and his family move from the city, San Francisco, to a somewhere, we believe, in California town, a small town. So they're living in the country. And by a series of very unfortunate and very funny events, a rare breed or a previously undiscovered breed of Venezuelan spider has shacked up with the what is described as a domestic house spider and created a whole new species of extremely venomous dangerous and aggressive spiders that take over this town basically and trap these people there and because it's an unknown species and we don't know what's going people are just dropping dead from these bites and they don't know what's going on and the doctor has to try and figure it out yeah uh will any any little bits to fill in around the edges there the only little bits i guess that i would fill in is that the much like the spider species is invasive the film portrays jeff daniels as also invasive because he's sort of supplanting the the known town doctor because the known town doctor decides to unretire which was the whole reason for jeff daniels to go there and uh, which sets up like a sort of goofy conflict right up until the town doctor gets his ass handed to him by a little spider there's a lot yeah there's a lot of little little conflict stuff going on it's pretty fun but that's that's pretty much it yeah and of course the spider gets introduced because of this entomologist i don't know if i'm using the right uh, word uh, julian sands <laughs> who is also in boxing helena yeah, re, which is re, like a totally insane film in its own right and he just right. like played some, crazy some, stuff throughout the 90s some research doctor who specializes in in rare spiders uh who goes on this expedition to venezuela and accidentally kills his photographer speaking <laughs> of which we have to talk about the fact that that guy is named like jeff manley yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just the silliest name yeah i mean it sounds like somebody it sounds like like someone who is a sports photographer for sure like yeah. wearing, uh, which, wearing a miami dolphins cap and ancient nikes well, well and I'll, I'll get more into him uh, when we get into uh plot holes and other things but i wanted to point out that kanaima and kanaima they spell it with a c i think but it it can be spelled with a c or a k in caribbean like folklore it's like an evil spirit which oh. i just thought was interesting i looked it up because i was i was like I just, it's such a particular name and it's not an actual like California town. Like I had an idea of like, maybe like what it would be, but I was like, like, I, I, why would they pick a name like that? And I think there's something there when we go back to that opening scene when they're in the jungle and like the guides, like, no, I'm not going any further. Like, (laughs) like, like there's, there's, there's sort of a theme that this is like beyond just like a spider. There's like some sort of supernatural, you know, evil in, in play or whatever. 
the spider is also it's the king spider usually in you know just general uh, I, I don't know what you want to call it but like in the animal kingdom it's the the female that is the aggressor it, to a certain extent but in this one it's it's the dude and the dude's the king spider is like captain rape basically where he comes to america and just like fucks a, a barn spider into submission it's very it's very strange so clearly set up like a horror movie monstrous in every capacity that you didn't think a spider movie could be well and it, it's very strange because you see several iterations and it's not i don't know it wasn't it didn't wasn't really clear to me like how many generations into this are we? We see the, the sort of initial wave come out and then there seems to be another wave coming that's, I, I, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't it was really clear in terms of like, they sort of explain it, but then it didn't really follow explanation. Well, this is one of the reasons I think it is comedy and we noticed this when we were watching because when Jeff Daniels and his wife are like laying down in bed, starting to get kind of sexy in their new house, that's when it, it, cuts, <laughs> it cuts over to the barn and the king spider is like, rubbing what has to be the only spider sex scene in hollywood history come on arachnosexia (laughs) this movie's got to be legendary it's only for that the weirdest scene ever just leads up to this this sex scene it's so weird it's so strange let's get into the other stuff that doesn't make sense since we're sort of (laughs) down this line already Raymo, what what did you have uh just sort of in terms of of plot holes or continuity errors you know coming back to this so i wasn't super sure that i noticed any glaring plot holes but one thing that i did notice that really bugged me was the fact and really bugged me that, you know, <laughs> that was not on purpose but I see Will is cracking up which is usually what lets me know that I've made a pun what annoyed me was the fact that nobody is ever wearing gloves in this movie not the doctor when he's examining patients not the well no one other than the the doofy exterminator he wears gloves and he like points it out but nobody else is ever wearing gloves in this I mean, I don't know much about being a doctor, but I'm pretty sure they always have to wear gloves, especially when they're examining patients. But they don't just yeah, walk. I think that they that... don't just walk through a locker room and, and <laughs> just just oh. touch everyone's balls barehanded on the way by. <laughs> is that is that? I don't know. I was not ever on a sports team. Uh, I was, and I never experienced anything like that. <laughs> Good to know. I'm glad. I'm glad you were spared that trauma. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, any, anything else along those lines uh, in terms of uh, of the plot? W- I don't Will, think so. Will, did you have an, uh, anything? We are never told like what the fuck magazine this dude is supposed to be taking photos for, uh, and he he dies, and then nobody goes like, oh, where is this guy? Like he his death is literally just like the instigating moment for the movie yeah to, i mean we, to, we see his parents him. right at the party we see his yeah, we see his yeah and his mom keeps <laughs> keeps on just wanting to stay drunk throughout the course <laughs> of it because she's like uh, but you'd think there'd be some kind of reaction from the outside world like oh guy manly he's dead now because spider but nope that never happens well also, like he's a sports photographer. What is he doing? What is on he doing? Yeah. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> I had that. I question mean, that's too. like the immediate initial plot hole. Well, there are like there must be millions of photographers that would love to go on like a scientific expedition to photograph new species, but all they can find is this like 
crabby old sports photographer. It doesn't make any sense. Right, right. And like, he's wearing a dolphin's hat. So I was like, oh, he must be from Florida. And like, no, he's from rural California. Like, why... (laughs) Right. Why have you brought this this poor man from <laughs> from rural California all the way to Venezuela who has no like experience shooting in the field? He's very he's very much like an action photographer, you know? Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. It, it really um, doesn't make any sense. I also didn't really understand like we we see like the like the the king spider or whatever, like and we see the first body that he like that like literally like sucked like the blood. It was like a vampire spider yeah. or whatever. And like, so you're like, oh, this is like an apex predator. This is like a top of the food chain, you know, predator. But like the other spiders aren't. Why? Like, what is their purpose to uh, to bite and attack people? Like, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they're not using them for like food. You know what I mean? They're just like, they right. just kill them and move they're on. They're just and- aggressive. Yeah. Right. The life cycle doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. I'm thinking well, with the the body being sucked dry of blood was that that it was trapped in there like during while the body was being shipped from Venezuela to the US that was the only explanation that I had and so it was that was the only food source that it had yeah that I was mean, my I, initial thinking because none of the other spiders do it right I get it for for that but and like if you set that up that like that's this is what they do like okay you've mm-hmm. created a terrifying creature but then like that doesn't really follow through with the rest of them and I kind of wish that it did like it felt felt like it like they'd set up something that then it was kind of a letdown after that um i don't know if that was like oh well these are the hybrid half barn spider they but then like why are they still killing people (laughs) like why right you know they couldn't i think if they had followed through with it too it wouldn't have made it would have gotten rid of one of our conflicts in the film because it would have made the cause of death like clearly this is not a heart attack somebody you know she's been sucked dry of all of her blood like this is clearly something different so they couldn't follow through with it although it would make sense that that spider was trapped with that lady you know all night long until she her body was discovered so why would it not have drank her blood as well i think that ultimately this unfortunately this falls down into like what did the filmmakers want this to be because it's directed by frank marshall so he probably said, okay, I want this to be a, a dark comedy that has some scary bits, but we can't go too far into the scary bits because if you create like, it's kind of already a nightmare spider, but we want to keep it PG-13 so we can't show certain things. So people just kind of need to be dead, but they can't be, can't be like nightmare dead i don't know i mean we uh, we see guess. we see the the first corpse like we see it like, yeah but it's, it's, but it's only for a hot second no i know but like if you're gonna you know it, i don't know if you're gonna introduce that like give me give I, me I, more of that line you know? yeah I, I mean i'm with you my my guess is that that's that's what they were trying to do is yeah. like okay this is spooky enough but also you want it to be kind of funny and i just kind of wish they'd left that out then you know i, I wish they hadn't even gone there in the first place because like it I was expecting more of a payoff on that front. But then how do you make the autopsy sandwich jokes work? Like it's, there's so much stuff that doesn't really line up. I feel like they could have had the spider, like, I don't know, eat parts of his skin or something. So that way the (laughs) the mortician, I know that's super like little pat, you know, you don't even have to show it. Like just say, Oh, his hand is, is, is just down to bone. Like what happened? Just something so that the mortician still has to make that phone call. We can't have an open casket or, you know, you might want to reconsider an open casket, but it's not as like horrifying and weird as like, oh, the spider drank its victim's blood, drained it completely of blood and then not have any follow up on that at all. I feel like 
having it eat a little bit of the victim would have been a little more, I don't know, kind of middle ground. They felt like there was some kind of a rewrite that, that like kind of forgot to that that they had set this up, or, you know, along the way, or maybe something got right. got got you know moved mid production or something. But I, I um, mean, in that regard, we should point out that Steven Spielberg was the executive producer on this, or one of the executive producers, and it does literally start like Jurassic Park with the helicopter coming in over this like magical Venezuelan uh, landscape. Literally, the first two minutes of this are Jurassic Park, which which came out two years later. So maybe Spielberg was like, no, that's too weird. That's too gross. Tone it down. I, who knows? Who can say? I, I had one other thing, just in terms of, of sort of weirdness in the, in the way that everything unfolded, which is you know, we, get, we get the whole establishment that this is the doctor's particular fear. We have his whole sob story. We have his whole his whole particular explanation of what happened to him. And in our sort of climactic scene, after staring these spiders in the face and fighting them, he's suddenly paralyzed as the spider crawls its way up his body and then gets onto the board and he like flicks it ridiculously over into like the fire or whatever and kills it but then it comes back on fire but it makes it makes absolutely no sense that he would be paralyzed after all of that and if he is still paralyzed after all of that like okay so, so one it just it just doesn't make any sense and if he's pretending to be paralyzed the spider doesn't know like <laughs> the spider would just bite him on the ankle or whatever like, he doesn't have to get all the way up like it's I'm just like, what the hell? Like, why? It doesn't make any sense at all. That's so, yeah, sense. yeah. I'm totally agreeing with you, but there is a a comment about an an hour and fourteen minutes into this where the Julian Sands nerd student, Doc, the or doctor. whatever, the doctor says like everybody has a neurotransmission system that like gives them the fight or flight response, and then there's a joke ish that uh, where Jeff Daniels says, I'm lacking that. And he freezes up and it's right before the student puts the wine glass on top of the, the one spider. Ross, you're going to have to take a step towards it. Chris, I'm scared to death. And, and we all are. But our brains secrete a neurotransmitter and enables us to deal with them. Come on. I don't think I have that particular neurotransmitter. But yeah, as for why he actually thoroughly freezes up who knows but but a, a couple things one he does take the step so that he can put the glass over the spider he proves the guy correct and two he's been fighting this spider for like five minutes before this happens like it's because like, the movie needed to happen noah because the movie just, needed to that that sequence made no sense no it's total garbage like yeah it's it's, it's nonsense my favorite thing about the spiders is that they seem to have some kind of revenge drive because there is a shot of the spider like watching one of its spiderlings die and it's like oh so the spider wants revenge it's the weirdest it's so strange it comes out of nowhere it's like oh so the the spider wants revenge i guess it's bizarre it's I w- yeah i'll say the spider's motivation does not really make any sense because just the fact um, that they give the, the spider f- motivation makes no sense <laughs> right and with the first victim right we see it kill we see manly step on a spider and the spider another spider is watching him step on that spider so it's like is this revenge how do you understand and then 
Um, and then when it cut, when it goes and it bites him and then it just like skitters out of his tent, it's like, well, why did you bite just him? Like spiders will bite if they feel threatened, but they don't like seek you out and bite you and then disappear and run away from other people. Like that doesn't make any sense. The spider's entire motivation just is very, very suspect. Again, um, the fact that the spider has motivation. Right. <laughs> but I mean, but right. But I mean, you, you, you have to have some sort of internal consistency to your villain like your villain has to right. represent something and like it doesn't i don't know what this is supposed to represent um, right it needs to at least be like a consistent pattern of behavior if it's a wild animal and this one is just weird why why would it be aggressive when we know that they're not like they're not aggressors they're defenders So speaking of, of characters, because uh, the spiders are sort of a, a full character, uh, you know, themselves, what uh, what characters either either rose or sank in, in your rewatching of this from, from your original experience? Well, you know, I don't even remember like John Goodman standing out in my initial watch of this. I don't remember. I must have thought he was funny and like known that this is the comedic relief even if the co- the depth of the comedy was lost on me, but I don't know, he's he's still my favorite. Yeah, and rewatching this, he just, he gets funnier. And I know it's, I you guys feel that it's like kind of out of place, but I don't know, to me, it's like, it's like very obviously this is, this is the comedic relief now. Now you're supposed to like laugh a little bit, but to me, it feels like he fits right in other than that. So John Goodman's definitely my favorite. I, I just to me he, he just plays such a stereotype like he like he the rest of the of the town is it's a very small town and they're they're really hammering home that this is sort of the small town versus the big city and the distrust of all that and then he just comes in and I mean, his name is literally like Delmond or something like it might as well just be Cletus like, like he, just, he just he just like wanders in in his you know ridiculous like outfit and and he has like an accent and you know it's still california like it's like he, like i said i mean he, he plays what i we like to call him the, the john c mcginley uh honorary character who is acting in another movie uh just because he he, re- he really does feel like he's like didn't really get the memo that oh no no we're sort of we're just sort of establishing the difference between rural and, and urban you know characters here and we're not we're not just pile driving at home like he is funny, but it's he is definitely over the top. I don't know, Will. Did you have characters that that stood out in either direction? Um, so I actually, again, I saw this like in the theater, and I remember not getting a lot of the jokes, but I really did appreciate the the, the Jeff Daniels character more. It's a more subdued. <laughs> I mean, it's a ridiculous until the end. <laughs> yeah, until the end. But it's 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 a much more subdued performance, I guess, in terms of, and I'm putting this in the the context of like this is definitely a monster movie it's not portrayed necessarily as a monster movie but this is 100 like a 1950s 60s goofy monster movie but jeff daniels is great really enjoyed him and uh i want to give a special shout out to that little girl who runs in with the kids about like 10 15 minutes in and it's like ah what are they gonna do they're gonna and then she's like who wants to blow up a bullfrog can we go play with bunny yeah i want you both in before dark though Bunny Beechwood, she popped over this morning. A neighbor. Seems nice. 
What do you bet they're gonna go chase fireflies or something? <laughs> Wanna blow up a bullfrog? Okay. That was probably my favorite, <laughs> like, sudden cut <laughs> to, like, how much damage can kids possibly do thing? Right. My biggest thing, I just, I really, the, the part that I didn't like the most about the movie was that they, the characters they killed off early. I was, you know, to kill off the sort of the one person, and I understand for plot reasons why they did it, but the one person who's sort of welcomed over to the town, who's been a nice connection to the town, and then just a completely innocent teenager, yeah. like the football yeah. player. Right. Like, good movies, good suspense, good good horror, like, finds reasons, you know, to kill off mm. the characters. And we see I mean, that's, later... Yeah, it's literally a rule. Yeah, like, we see later, like, like obviously, like, the, the, the bad old doctor, his sort of arrogance, and, and, and he, you know, he won't go on a walk with his wife. He has to go on the walk on the treadmill. You know, <laughs> like, right, that sets up that that whole sort of... That's that's a more sort of conventional and, and I think, effective, you know, way. And same thing, like, the hubris of the scientist as he goes into the barn. But, like, the early deaths in this movie, I was just like, ah, don't know. Why why are you killing these characters off? Like, they're, it's not even, like, random. It's It's just, like... I don't know, it was, it, it's just kind of mean it's yeah it's mean and didn't it just left a bad taste in my mouth because i was like oh you have a nicely developed character coming along who could be this foil against the rest of the town and, and then no they just right she, she dies to service right. the plot in a right. very, it, it, very minor way yeah i think it would have mm. it would have gone a long way to like make the whole thing more cohesive where so you see here with the cat a lot maybe the cat like i don't have anything against cats but yeah but right have, have the cat die and then she's like doc what the fuck happened to my cat and then you can continue establishing that relationship and then i don't know why they kill the football kid i don't get that at all it's just like pure happenstance but like, i mean what, I, I, again i think it's that. i think it's it's just the whole like oh the doctor death like oh everyone he touches like but it right you know, I was that really that important? Did that really like again? They set that up, but like it didn't matter in the end, right? <laughs> right. Like it's yeah. not like that came to a head somewhere, right? Where where the, the town the, was uh, against him and didn't believe him, and like yeah, but that you like you can't kill the football coach because then you've got to. Sh- they made a very <laughs> weird PG thirteen decision. Like we need tits, so it's got to be it's got to be the the football coach. We'll get to that. Don't daughter. worry. We'll oh yeah, that. that's in my notes. Yeah, yeah. that's coming. <laughs> That's in all of our notes. Um, I will say that, yeah, the one thing that annoyed me is about the Jeff Daniels character is like, really, he's the one who figures it all out. And I am by no means an expert on anything medical or causes of death or venomous spider bites or anything like that. But like, just being able and just even from like listening to true crime podcasts, like just being able to sometimes narrowing down a cause of death can be really fucking hard. And like, people can consult with like other professionals in their field and like search high and low for a cause of death. And sometimes it just comes up inconclusive so that this guy is just like, we get the, the montage. I don't know if there's actually music playing, but he's like looking through his notes and he's got his book. That's like spiders of the world. And it's like, really, he, he figured this out. Like he nailed it on the first try. He knows immediately that everyone is getting bit by a species of spider that did not previously exist a month ago that and, that kind of bothered me and see they they could have they could have taken that string in terms of one the, the townspeople don't trust him and two like his wife thinks he's you know kind of a chicken shit for like for having this fear <laughs> like they could have and then like if he comes up with this theory and then it's like 
well, the townspeople don't believe him and his wife doesn't believe him. And she, you know, you could have piled this on where it's, it's the like man against the world and, and he's, he's right, but ever, nobody believes it. like you could have really like driven that, but they didn't, they didn't do that. He ends up right, right. just being the guy who's right. And like, nah, you know, it's, it's like, not even as... that he, he's even the one who puts together that Manly was the one who, you know, the spider hit from Venezuela hitched a ride back with him in his coffin. Like, really he's the one that puts all of this together that's just that does not make any sense to me like what is this guy some kind of detective genius he should he's in the wrong field he should not be a doctor he's a big seated doctor who knows all the things but don't (laughs) autopsy no bodies yeah i mean they easily could have had other people piece that together in you know right who know more about you'd think maybe one of the scientists would do it right (laughs) right and like they could have solved it in you know in collaboration and it would have mm-hmm. made more sense it would have made for a better you know kind of right progression, i think but all right well we just sort of dipped our toes into it so why don't we go ahead and talk about uh what what paints this movie as a uh, most indicative uh of having been made in 1990 the uh most uh of the time and era references uh reem you want to lead this off first of all my forever pet peeve needless female nudity Everywhere, everywhere you go in the 90s, every horror movie, even the 80s, every horror movie period, needless female nudity. And not um, just not just needless female nudity, needless teenage female yeah. nudity. Yeah, right, 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 right. it's pretty bad. You have his pretty wife who's like, you know, why don't you go in that direction? But no, it has to be the teenage daughter who we like never get more than two lines from, if that. And, um, and even... And, even even if they had just had her from the shoulders up showering, not great. But no, we but go below the navel. Totally needless yeah. shot. <laughs> I mean, you know, and right, it's a PG-13 it, movie and they push it as far as you could take a PG-13 movie in that regard. Well, the thing is, I would even say actually that that's kind of a plot hole because the spider lands on her face and then <laughs> slides down and she doesn't notice. She doesn't notice until we've already gotten all the shots going down her body. It doesn't make any sense. If people can feel like a fly landing on them, you would feel a fucking inch big spider landing on your face in the shower. That and the fact that nobody, I mean, I guess I understand that this is like a, a technique through the movie of, to raise the, the fear of like, you don't know, you know, you're not looking everywhere. When she sticks her hand in the spider web while she's showering, I'm like, how do you not feel that? I step out the front door and I walk into a spider web and I'm like slapping my face blue and that's just like one string. And to further your point, these fuckers are like three inches. They're not, they're not small. They're right. And it lands on her face and she's just like, right. It's so stupid. And it, it actually reminded me of a scene from this other movie. I don't know. Maybe I'll bring this next to the podcast, but oh, please don't. I don't remember anything else about this movie except that I watched it in Egypt with my parents, but it was called like Bird on a Wire or Bird on the Wire or something like that. And there's a scene where a lady is showering in a motel and a cockroach lands in her hair and she's screaming immediately. And it's like, yes, oh, yeah, it, it is, it, yeah, it is Bird on a Wire. Yes, I, and I don't know anything else about that movie, but I that scene has stuck with me because I was terrified of roaches and I'm still terrified of roaches, but As like you, you would be. feel it, you would know. And like now, and you know, I get in the shower and I'm like looking all around. I'm, I am aware of my surroundings. I'm not closing my eyes and singing. Like nobody does that. Even if you live in the country and you're not afraid of bugs or anything, like you're, you're looking around, you would feel a spider web. The Egyptian woman hath spoken. (laughs) 
yeah, I mean, it's the entire scene is gratuitous. They try oh, yeah. to play yeah. it off as this sort of dual thing where the, and the dad maybe is going to get bit. He's like taking a dump and like, no, nah, it's no, it's, it is not needed. Um, and we don't even see her again, right? Like that's the last time we I see think, her. Yeah, I don't think so. She, she literally is just TNA. That's it. Yeah, what, it's so what, stupid. What, what else did you have uh, in terms of uh, stuff that maybe put this in, in 1990? Well, obviously no cell phones and it, we're getting to, or at least I'm getting to a point now where like, I'll see them driving in the car and they're like, get over here. Like, we got to get to this location because this is where the nest is. And I'm just like, text someone. And I'm like, oh, wait, right. You can't do that yet. <laughs> so no cell phones. Oh, you know what? Well, this kind of struck me as weird too. I don't know that this necessarily marks this as being in the nineties, but what kind of, and again, I don't know because I'm not a scientist and I'm not out there discovering new species, but like what kind of science involves going out to the jungle and like disturbing the wildlife so you can discover new species i don't think that that uh, is a they, that's a, that's a thing they do all the time just gassing all of the is insects that doesn't them, make, no. i feel like in in 2021 that would not if this movie got remade it would have to be remade in a different way than that. so it's 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 not them it's sense. it's not that they go out to the jungle to find new species is that they go out to the jungle to kill Right. an entire tree's worth of, right. of critters because they're like oh these are dead now i guess take them home no that's not a thing <laughs> yeah well also the fact that like their guide was wearing like tribal paint just like ugh. i yeah <laughs> i don't think that <laughs> i don't think that interpretation uh would, would fly today uh in terms of, and- of depicting the natives That was actually my first note. I was like, Mr. Manley is a funny name, kind of racist to the native guy. And it's like, because he's literally like, he friendly, like it's a, and I thought he was like, oh, he's talking about a dog or something. Like, no, that's gross. Uh, So that's definitely 90s. That and gratuitous nudie. The jokes about the, uh, the couple the mortician and his wife being like fat and eating a lot. There's a lot of like (laughs) fat shaming jokes there. And she ended Um, up on the Drew Carey show. I, yeah, I did not know that. But when they're leaving the party with like plates stacked with food, which I mean, who doesn't do that? Like every journalist does that in case, just FYI. Just they usually bring... eat on the way out the door. Just, you know. Right. Why not? So I think that's, yeah. I think that's a joke stolen from Reanimator, by the way. The mortician eating food. I'm like 95% positive that it's a, it's, well, it's a callback. See, that, I feel like they do that, that works. a lot. I don't, yeah, do. I don't have a problem with the mortician eating food. That's funny, especially when he's, he's, he's describing the, the first victim to like at the party just casually. And then he and his wife are just like eating food and it's this really gruesome thing. And the doctor and his wife are like, uh, okay, we'll see you later. But like, you could do that without the fat shaming. There's no, there's no need for that. Will, did you have anything else, uh, along those lines in terms of, uh, <laughs> the the ninety early late eighties early nineties culture, primarily the Miami Dolphins hat like seemed I don't know why a dude who's a fan of the Miami Dolphins is operating in California and then being sent to Venezuela that's very very strange. Also, literally all of the cars are from like the late eighties. Um, I get where it's a small California town. Maybe that's all they got. It's fine, but uh, there is like one great joke about baptists oh yeah and i was like that <laughs> that probably wouldn't wouldn't work today bobby here he's uh he's the broncos star quarterback hi hi i taught him to throw a football before he could walk <laughs> i coached the team nepotism huh actually we're baptists although you know it is it, 
it's funny but it's also part of the sort of like the country bumpkins you know who don't know anything versus this the city people like and it's it's part of the sort of playing them up as being dumb which is which is yeah i don't think that works anymore i mean it might i could see it i could see that same stuff flying in like in like your terrible cbs comedies you know but like <laughs> but like in anything that's got any sort of brains to it right you you were yeah. you try harder to make something a little a little more deep and complex than that i mean, I mean it would have right. to literally be like 80 miles outside of denver colorado or something you know where it's just like there is no civilization i guess you can't do it in california really just depicting the the, the city country divide as the country people are dumb like that that feels like such a, ra- a rote hacky old yeah, stereotype hacky. right you know oh just... ancient nike shoes by the way Oh yeah, I mean all the dress, the sort of the boxy suits and everything, the the, the standard stuff. I also I don't know if appreciate it is the right word, but you know the the film ends on an on an earthquake in San Francisco in 1990, which of course is one year after the the major earthquake in the Bay Area in 1989 that I grew up through. So, you know, it that thanks was, movie, yeah, right, <laughs> uh, very very sort of fitting for the time. Let's get into the soundtrack we touched on a little bit in the early going this was scored by trevor jones or arranged by trevor jones a lot of creepy orchestral ominous stuff around the spiders ream uh what what else uh, did you notice about the soundtrack so i noticed immediately when we were we were watching the intro and will is talking pointing out like oh yeah it looks like jurassic park you've got like the helicopter and then like the beautiful scenery the the beautiful uh like dense forest, um, but I noted the the music is like much creepier and like everything is covered with mist. So it's immediately a more ominous vibe. And I'm glad that you pointed out like the the name of the town and and like that kind of supernatural hint, I guess. Cause I, I, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have thought to like Google the town name cause it is a strange name. But yeah, that was definitely like more ominous and kind of creepy. And then the kind of like jaunty, this is our comedic relief moment music for, and that's all, that's the only word I can think of to describe it is jaunty. The jaunty music uh, when John Goodman is doing stuff. Um, that's like, this is, this is your moment to laugh. This is our lighthearted moment that I noticed. And cause it, it is kind of like jarring. Cause it's like, it's such a creepy movie and there's so much, I mean, a lot of people have fear of creepy crawlies and spiders and there's so much there, but like, you're just like immediately, you know, kind of checked out of that, just forced out of that because it's so jarring and like sudden. Well, you, um, you go from like minor keys in, and like string instruments to literally harmonica music. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. It is so, it's such a slap in the face. Like you're just like, what? And, and then, and it happens both times that like he has like a major scene. It's like, it's, it's like his theme music. <laughs> It's just, right. Yeah, it's very, it's very. He literally has theme music. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One more thing. I don't know if they were going for like a Western vibe with that because 
they show that he has like especially toward the end in his last scene he has like the spray things and holsters and he's like going for that kind of yeah like, but this, that's that never been used in a western ever for a serious I don't, yeah it did not strike me as western music i just don't know if that's what they were going for with the harmonica if they were it would have been better and funnier if they'd really just leaned into like the you know the clinties where they just well, you know, yeah, like, like, or, or use like that the tremor soundtrack where you've got the the sort of like dry sounding acoustics like, right. yeah like really sell it as like the as a western instead of this like because that's not western Jaunty. right no, this is, no. it's, it's like a it cartoon was, it was right yeah right yeah. Anyway, uh, Will, do you have any other notes on the music? So, I I actually had the soundtrack when I was a kid. I I was a huge fan. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I think I think it was just like CD that my dad ended up with, and I was like, oh, cool. The only song that I liked was uh, the Jimmy Buffett song. Don't bug me. It plays over At the, the very end. end. Yeah. Is I love. Like, I, is that like, like over the credits? Yeah. It's, it's, it? it's literally over the credits. It's don't bug me. And it's the goofiest thing. And I just, I was seven years old. I loved it. Well, because the the last song that plays in the real thing is like, I left my heart in San Francisco, which is so like, oh, yeah, it's terrible. But no, the the credit song is uh, Jimmy Buffett, Don't Bug Me. And I was like, I love this because I'm seven years old. It's, it's a it. very it's a very strange combination of music. Like <laughs> it makes like, it makes no fucking sense. like the, the theme stuff is fine. You know, the sort of just being creepy and, and having creepy sounds, you know, like like it's all you know, it's all instrumental and everything. Like, yeah, that, that all makes sense. That's thematic. And then you just have like these several things that are complete hard turns away from that that are part of the sound of this movie. It's it's yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I think we can say there's no cohesion with this soundtrack. No, it's just kind I of, mean, there's yeah, no cohesion no. within the movie. So yeah. it's, it's fine for the, for the I don't know. There's there's a fair amount of setup and payoff, right? Like it's there's it's a lot of setup and neat as that's... tremors, but there is a lot like the wood with the um with the cellar and he falls right through the floor. Oh um, the, yeah, the wine no, no, no. cellar being a thing. Yeah, there's a ton so there's, of setup. Yeah, and there's payoff. a lot of setup and payoff. The yeah. problem is that the end result isn't isn't kind of it's it, just not as really neat worth it. as Tremors. I don't know. I like this movie. I just don't think it's not as good as Tremors. I wouldn't well, say it's as good right. as Tremors. I mean, Tremors is a story of the town coming together to save itself against the common enemy. Like that doesn't quite happen here. Like you don't really have the no, town right. coming together. You have a few characters, but like it's mm-hmm. it's really just like one man overcoming his his fear and then escaping right. back to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, along that, that line, what do we think has happened to each of these characters and the world in the intervening now, God, 31 years since this movie came out? Do you have any any takes on, on our characters, Reem? Well, I would imagine that his arachnophobia got much, much worse. I would imagine that he probably has like serious PTSD that they all do. And I sincerely hope that the wife would no longer be one of those, let's take the spider outside people because those people are the worst. And if she had just like smushed it with her shoe, the whole movie would not have happened. So I hope that she has grown from that stupidity, from that God awful habit. I imagine the kids now also have terrible arachnophobia, but I don't know, that's just my guess. I mean, I can't imagine like being in college and like telling, you know, a crazy drunken story about the time you lived in a town where a new species of spider, a venomous spider took over the town and was discovered. That would be pretty cool though, but I, I would not want to live it. Well, Will, do you have any any thoughts uh, on the futures of our characters? 
I think that our entire primary family died in an earthquake in San Francisco, and so I don't need to even care about them anymore because they suck. What I really want is to see the future of John Goodman's <laughs> spider-killing career because for all we know, he has become the spider-killing master. He's invented new wonderful ways to murder insects, probably involving flamethrowers, and I'm all about it. I, I don't I don't think he ever probably would have left that town though. That's his his fame is confined to Don't to... Don't, don't crush my dreams, friend. No, we're just saying he he, he could be the, the big fish in, in that small pond. But yeah, uh... it would he he would start a factory. It would become a factory town where they manufacture whatever he uses to kill the spiders at the end. That <laughs> just like makes them smolder. Yeah. Just yeah. Android John Goodman's sent across yeah, the country. That doesn't that doesn't uh, hurt the wood or, or do anything or hurt him or, or cause any other damage except to the spiders. Reem, what do you do with bad wood? <laughs> well, what does he say? Get rid of bad wood. Bring like, in put in wood. good wood. <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest line in the movie. I didn't find a thing. Go figure. Well, then why is all the wood rotting? I'll tell you why. Bad wood. Well, so what do we do? Tear out bad wood. Put in good wood. Yeah, and of course it's only used to cover up the fact that he basically didn't actually look to see if there were spiders. <laughs> I imagine since our doctor is going back to being a big city doctor and his wife is going back to being a big city stockbroker, they have too much money on their hands and he has a midlife crisis and moves to Napa and buys a winery. Uh <laughs> and is still unable to escape the natural disasters that keep befalling all of the areas. So he's just cursed to whatever whatever the natural disaster, you know, do, do region is, you know. Uh, um, maybe, maybe he has <laughs> what, a monkey paw that we never saw. Yeah, really. There's just every... like this <laughs> is curling up constantly throughout every time there's a there's a wildfire in california that he needs to worry about he flashes back to the spider jumping out on fire jumping toward him yeah i could see that it's very yeah. believable <laughs> do you guys have any other uh any other notes uh before we get to the last couple things here I don't think so. I would just like to reiterate this is the only movie I have ever seen where bugs have sex and we see it. Or we see some of it. There's sexy music. Well, we see we the see the thing. we see the foreplay. It's bug foreplay. We see the seduction. <laughs> you, you never watched the director's cut of a bug's life? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that there are a lot of quotable lines in this. Uh and a lot of them are, are, are pretty funny, but uh, yeah. The I therapy line. The therapy line, yeah, it's pretty good. Therapy. Again, again, you want to go blow up a bullfrog? That's ridiculous. Well, considering that, Reem, do we think that this movie could get made again today? Yes, with terrible CGI, it would be so cringy and I would not want to watch it. That would be really bad with less offensive jokes, hopefully, and less offensive fat shaming of characters. But yeah, it would not be good. Yeah, the, the use, I mean, maybe the best part uh, in terms of the filmmaking was it, they appeared to be real spiders. Maybe not the big guys, but like the little spiders appeared to be real and and moved in very realistic ways and were, you know, I mean, it was, it didn't look fake in a way that, you sort of expect, I mean, even, even tremors, like the, you know, the monster is hilariously fake, but like these 
these felt real like, like throughout the whole thing even even all these years later will does this movie get made today yeah i think so i think you do it in a more direct i, I pick one or the other you know pick horror or pick comedy we've already had eight-legged freaks eight-legged freaks was its own crazy cgi goofy spider mess that one doesn't quite work either but if you if you can do the 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 black humor a little bit a little bit better i think you could really turn this into something special and interesting and to your guys point i think you would have to do maybe not necessarily real spiders but physical props something like that because cgi just always looks terrible as we said it'll ruin it times. yeah yeah it'll look bad but you, you could do like a good black comedy with this i think just needs a little bit of tweaking a little tightening yep could be good yeah and i mean i feel like there's plenty of movies especially on, on the horror side that that play off of fundamental fears that lots of people have so whether it's spiders or something else there's been there's been plenty of those in the intervening years all right. Well, that takes us to the final question, the all-important question, the reason that this podcast exists. Reem, do you still like this movie? I do. I still like this movie. It's not, you know, it's not, a, it doesn't hold up as well as when I was a kid and didn't know anything and barely remember it, but um, I think it does hold up well. I think that there really is something to the fear of like, you know, there's spider, they're small. It's not like eight-legged freaks, you know? and they're just skittering around and people are going about their everyday lives. I think that that's like, that is a phenomenal fear to play off of. And any movie that like plays off of that fear will really scare people. But yeah, I still like this movie other than the, like the sexist un unnecessary nudity or the, um, the, the fat shaming or the outdated jokes, but comedy is always like the first thing to, to date in a movie. And this definitely is a victim to that, but otherwise, yeah, I still like this movie. Well, uh, I like it. I have a lot of problems with it, but it's it's not the worst thing we've ever seen, for sure. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, it needs some tweaks, but there is definitely a worse way to spend an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, it was it was a mess at times, and and I I didn't appreciate uh, you know kind of some of the choices that were made. Uh, but it it did get better toward the end. It got more entertaining and came together in a way that I wasn't sure it was going to for a while. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it, we, we were talking before, I, uh, the horror movie genre as a genre is not my cup of tea. This is, this is outside of stuff that I'm going to watch on my own. Uh, so it's, you know, I'm always going to have to sort of take a leap of faith in, into these movies. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Reem, what do you got? What do you want to tell the world about? <laughs> well, I've already told you all about my Twitter where I rarely post anything. So if you want to go follow me there, it's at Reem underscore Nadim. It's kind of it. That's all I got going on. Okay. Kill spiders when you see them. For the love of God, there are plenty of spiders. You are not doing the world any favors by taking them outside. If you think that that's your ticket into heaven, you're very stupid. And go do <laughs> something better. The more okay. you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's my pulpit that that is the hill that i will die on <laughs> uh well on that note uh <laughs> well i guess we're <laughs> i guess we'll wrap this week make sure you're following us as well on twitter and on instagram at like this movie feel free to use the hashtag itiltm to jump into the conversation and we will see you all next week
I Think I Like This Movie is created by Noah Frank and hosted by Noah Frank and Will Vitka. Editing by Will Vitka. All music on the show, unless otherwise noted, provided courtesy of the South County All-Stars. Copyright 2021.